Oh man, everything's getting digitized. Yes, it I is. think Dan is getting stressed out listening to this. <laughs> listening to this podcast, I think he's sweating. Right, he's like, I do not want to. Just give me my dollars. <laughs> um, right, and there's already concerns that that an EMP attack or a cyber attack could already s- screw up our very way of living. Right now, stock market is a big one. Stock market, our even our ACH payments now. Yeah, uh, our communications. A lot of businesses are directly right. onto the cloud. I mean, it would it would. Be astounding to see. Yeah. Probably not the most fun. Probably not the most fun. <laughs> Interesting to watch. Yeah. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. This podcast is intended for free thinkers, entrepreneurs, and knowledge seekers. Join us as we discuss relevant financial topics, explore with guests their financial journeys, and engage with experts in industries such as space media and entertainment, real estate, and many more. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required. You're with your host, myself, Tim Bickmore, and my colleague, Gary Grosskopf. And today, we are going to talk about digital currency. But we're not going to talk about cryptocurrency. We want to talk about this idea of the United States government creating a digital dollar. Or... As Gary was pointing out to me, CBDC, Central Banking Digital Currency. Not to be confused with CBD, the other thing that may um, people may use. Uh, but we're looking at digital currency. And the reason why I want to talk about it is it's becoming a bigger thing. So China's been talking about uh, creating a digital currency themselves. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about it because obviously cryptocurrency, blockchain, general ledger has been becoming a pretty pretty hot topic in the last few years. And it's like, well, what is the United States doing? Let's talk about it. It involves money. So why not bring Gary in to talk about it? <laughs> Gary's done uh, some research on it and really looking into what does it mean and, and what's going on. And we wanted to have a conversation. So Gary, I got some questions for you. Sure. So can you please just tell us a little bit about what this looks like? What is the United States really trying to do? Well, so we should probably start from the beginning. So what is money to us right now? And that's okay. cash, form of paper, coins. That's the easy way we see of exchanging money. In the 20s, once we got to telephone communications, we would shoot requests for money through telegraphs. And that was the older way to do it. How we are currently running off of things is kind of a 1990s technology, which is the ACH or automatic clearinghouse. And so we send electronic requests to banks to send the money to another bank to which they are requested by somebody else to have a flow of money, which is, it takes about three days. So like when you use your credit card and the payment is pending for three days, that's because there's a lot of background movement going between the funds. Okay. So what CBDC would do uh, is reduce that time because instead of transferring the money, it'd be transferring the code of a digital currency between institutions. So it would lower the amount of time needed between these transactions. It would just be instantaneous. So you're lowering the friction in order to receive your funds. So for example, from what I'm hearing you say is, I want to transfer money to you. And then I say, hey, Gary, great job today. Here's 200 bucks. And you're like, great. And then that would instantaneously hit your bank because it's going from my bank to the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, then to your bank and then into your account. 
but happening pretty instantaneous because we're just sending essentially a code and not maybe physical dollars in some way. Sure. And that might how that might be how it starts. Uh, a lot of this is great. Um, there's a lot of research being done by different departments in the Federal Reserve and in our government to figure out what the most efficient way to do this is. Uh, so it could be that I send money to you, but it has to go through the Federal Reserve first. That could be a possibility. It could just be bank to bank with a different type of medium. Okay. Uh, it all depends on what the uh, regulators will will decide to do. Decide. We got to yeah. leave it up to the the decision makers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's. I mean, we kind of hit on a little bit, but like, what are some of the positives to this type of a of um, a digital currency? Like, what are what are the pros? Sure. So like what we talked about before, instant fast transfers. So while that's really convenient, it can also be a big plus to the government agencies. Uh, things like stimulus, like we had during COVID, or tax returns coming back to you, or welfare to people in need, would be sent to their accounts directly and instantaneously. They don't have to worry about if it's going to come through, if the check got lost in the mail. It's going to be direct from the government to the people. Okay, so if I'm going to, so for example, just to summarize for the audience, I get a tax return, and then that tax return can come to me more instantaneously or quicker based off of the information flow that may happen with this new digital currency. Correct. Yeah. So it's the speed of getting funds back to the constituents or the United States uh, individual, like people. Okay, cool. What about what about other pros? Are there any other pros that might come around? So another pro that there might be uh, an easier transfer of money from our currency to other currencies just by way of code. Uh, depending on how other countries actually deal with this digital currency, it might be a little different uh, than what we see now. We have to exchange our money into, into, into say, euros. Then the euros have to go overseas. Then they get the money. They could There could be a different type of uh, exchange that way. Okay. Is there any other pros? Sure. Also, less uh, need for paper money and minting. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the time period is between when we print new bills and recycle old ones, uh, but that would probably be lessened and then possibly phased out depending on what these departments figure out is the best, most efficient way to, to transfer into this new way of exchanging money. So lower the overall cost to, mm -hmm. to, to printing money over time, which I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, why don't they just do that now? But there's there's obviously some cons then, right? Or there's a little bit of a gray area. So this sounds, sounds great. Like, yeah, digital currency, like I have a credit card, debit card, like why isn't this already happening? Right. So tell us a little bit about like, what is gray about this whole situation? Like, why isn't it automatically just happening now? Why are they moving forward with it? Right, one of the major things we should discuss is, is how do we get access to the currency? So- Ooh. Good question. A lot of us have smartphones. Not everybody does. Uh, while I was doing a little research, there was theories of maybe using uh, SMS text messages okay. so for people that don't have smartphones to <laughs> put a request in by text to your institution and, and have, have the transfer that way, which is a little inefficient. Um, also, just the use of a debit card, um, but just connected to your bank, uh, just using a different medium of transfer instead of just the ACH like we were using before. Uh, so that's great. We not, we're not quite sure what that's totally gonna look like yet. 
so like for example we're in wisconsin Mm -hmm. obviously we live in madison which is the capital which you know there's a a lot of infrastructure for internet you start going north in wisconsin and some of those towns don't have a stable internet connection crazy enough so if we were all on digital and you didn't have access to the internet theoretically would that create an issue i i think a major issue and that's something that's probably going to have to be addressed uh I don't think sometimes I don't think Washington really thinks about what happens up here, up in the, the cold, to the, to the rural, <laughs> here rural right, yeah. in the United States. Right. But even things like Alaska, which, yeah. which doesn't even have mostly paved roads or or on the middle of, of the Great Plains, uh, this could look a lot different uh, to us in Madison or to like our clients in California. Yeah. So what about also from the standpoint of like a cash economy? Do they, could we really get everybody onto a true digital currency or do you think there will always be a level of having a cash economy in the United States that some people just need access to that or can only get access really to cash? Like the unbanked is a big mm-hmm. potential issue in the United States. A lot of people don't talk about. Yes. there And that, that's a great point because there's a lot of people that don't trust financial institutions to begin with mm-hmm. and really just deal in cash. Uh, in lower income communities, uh, like not a lot of access to, to banks even, uh, and that distrust, a lot of things are done in cash to small businesses and, and to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people don't like getting paid uh, electronically or by check because they don't like knowing that the government's seeing them get paid. So mm-hmm. so there gets a lot of that, our own gray area. Uh, privacy. You have privacy out of uh, the currency. Okay. I'm, I'm going to come back to the privacy because sure. that's an interesting concept. But before that, if to kind of jump into a, another um, point that you think you were making as well is like banks and credit unions. What does this do to like a bank and a credit union? How does that affect their operations? Do you eliminate them? Is it directly to the Fed? Like how does that, how do they become intertwined in all of this new digital currency age? Sure. And like a lot of these answers, great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so there could be two ways that it goes. Uh, the Federal Reserve, it might just be efficient for there to be one central bank that all money flows through, which we may find is the most efficient way. It might not be the most secure, just being one access point. But having banks hold the currency just like they are now is probably what's going to happen. Now that things are more efficient, there may be more value adds that they can bring like uh, faster access to your currency um they might be able to add more interest rates uh to different uh vehicles it, it could just completely be a new type of banking all, okay. all depending on the access to the funds interesting and so kind of to get back to this privacy idea i think there's a lot of people that are hey how much how much info do i need to give to the government right mm-hmm. there is a there is um i think a lot of people that that talk about that it's a very big conversation politically speaking mm-hmm. and so when you're talking about then having a digital currency and this general ledger at least from my understanding when you're talking about like a blockchain for example a lot of it is that it is very transparent it is very mm-hmm. known you can easily track it it can be searched so with this digital currency, it sounds like there may be this type of general ledger, mm. which I'm curious on, A, from a personal privacy perspective, but then also from a cybersecurity mm. perspective of risk, like, is that pretty great too on how do you protect all of that? Right. So a single source access point, like you mentioned. Right. So does the does the government watch what what peer-to-peer 
uh, transactions look like. So say uh, something that I've done previously is sell a microwave to somebody that we didn't need, right? So if I sell you this microwave and you give me 40 bucks in cash, do I have to report that as income? Right now it's kind of great. You're supposed to, most people don't. And I'm just going to use the 40 bucks to, to buy a drink at the gas station. And, and it's not going to really matter to the government, but is the IRS and the federal reserve going to pay more attention to those types of transactions? And what if it's just a gift between me and a nephew? Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, great. <laughs> like we talked great. about yeah. Well, and they just have, and they'd have the ability to track that probably more efficiently, more easily than mm -hmm. it would be now, which allows more uh, transparency in that. Because mm -hmm. now you can, you're talking about just like searching a data model, right? Yep. And creating an algorithm by behind figuring out what that is. Yeah. And what we talk about is how important data is to people. And yeah. so and just like we see Google uses our data to advertise to us, uh, the Federal Reserve has access to that, the data of what we buy. So things like economic models are going to be totally vastly different because they're going to actually be able to see where yeah. the money is flowing. Yeah, which is very, that's a whole nother broad topic, yeah, which is very interesting. They bring that up. Yeah. What about from like a data security standpoint? Do you feel like we, because I mean, to a certain point, I feel that we are already on a digital currency wave with credit cards, debit cards, mm -hmm. even though the, like you're talking about, the right. inner workings on the back end aren't quite as digital, right. which would be the transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is a lot of security concerns with credit cards being hacked. Do you think it increases it or just changes it? Is it gray? I think with everything, there's security problems. Um, I think as some of our own clients have seen uh, with uh, crypto, mm -hmm. um, if somebody gets your password and takes your money, you don't really have any uh, um, recourse to get it back. Uh, obviously, with the government, we have uh, FDIC insurance, and that most likely would continue on to digital currencies. Uh, I, I'm more concerned from a standpoint of security of, of the centrality of it. Okay. So Explain like, you, that a little bit. right. So like, like you were talking about, uh, up North people, as, as we say, up North, uh, <laughs> up North there, up North there, uh, they may not have access to the funds because of their remoteness, mm -hmm. but their remoteness could be brought by way of, I, it sounds like conspiracy theory, but we've talked about before, me and you, uh, attacks on, on our systems. So EMPs, uh, electronic magnetic uh, pulses, pulses. Yeah. which could fry a system, which could cause chaos. Uh, somebody goes to go buy gas and they can't, uh, or buy groceries or, or, pay for things for the kids it could all just get turned off and there's no way to go because if if in in this world let's right. say that is all digital currency and you had no paper money mm -hmm. then it would be very hard to a probably spin it back up to get money in people's hands and then they feel as if they cannot transact because now you have no access to the one thing that you need access to which emps is a very real thing there is i mean the government talks about that from an mm -hmm. existential risk right. both from the sun can be be an EMP yeah. or from a an adversary theoretically, right. um, which is a really another interesting right. point to kind of hit on where you know it's harder to you know not knock out a dollar physically. Right, and there's already concerns that that an EMP attack or a cyber attack could already 
screw up our very way of living right now. Stock market is a big one. Stock market, our, even our ACH payments now, yeah. uh, our communications, a lot of businesses are directly right. onto the cloud. I mean, it would it would be yeah. astounding to see. Yeah. Probably not the most fun. Probably not the <laughs> most fun. Interesting to watch. Yeah. Not but not fun. That maybe as like an kind of like be an alien, be interesting to watch. Be like, hey, how's this gonna really play out? I don't yeah. want to live in it though. It's like it's like a bad car accident. You can't stop looking. <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, that's really okay. That's really interesting. So we kind of hit on like some of the pros. There's obviously some cons. It sounds like it's very gray, but there is some benefits. But there's always for every benefit, there is a a, a con. Right? Right. Um, but where do we where are we heading now? You mentioned like I know you behind the scenes are talking mm-hmm. to me a little bit about there is something that's already kind of moving forward. Can you talk a little bit about that? Right. So there's a new f- service coming out from the Federal Reserve called FedNow. Uh, they are looking to roll this out between May and July of this year. Uh, essentially, the easiest way I can explain it is it's kind of like Zelle or like Venmo, but instead of Zelle or Venmo being the intermediate intermediary between two people, it would be the Federal Reserve Banks. So this would be open to people and also businesses so that the flow of money would be more instantaneous between a consumer and a business or or two peers, two citizens, uh, by way of the Federal Reserve. So if I want to send Tim money, the money would go from my bank to the Federal Reserve, and that request would be immediately um, processed from the Reserve to Tim's bank. So it's it's a quicker transaction instead of the two banks communicating directly, which seems a little weird, but it's because the Federal Reserve has the funds to be able to facilitate those transfers quickly. So it's like, I want my money and I want it now. Mm-hmm. Like now. Like, like now. <laughs> like right now. Like right now. Which I feel like we're, you know, as a society, at least in the United States, we're getting more and more of like, I want when I want something, I want it like right this minute, which makes sense, I guess, to kind of move forward in that direction. So you kind of mentioned Fed now is something to roll out. Why are they rolling out? Are they, is this an attempt to kind of get to this CBDC, central banking digital currency, or is it more of like, why are they, are they moving forward in, in this direction currently? So I think there's a couple objectives. One is to, to probably experiment and, and step closer to this idea of CBDC, but also like I've talked about before, the ACH payments are becoming inefficient. Mm -hmm. And so this might be a good experiment in seeing how to, if we would not to go to CBDC, but just use the reserve bank as an intermediary, if that would be more efficient. And so it'll be interesting to see how how it's utilized and how quickly it's adopted, Mm -hmm. uh, because it has a lot to do with how quickly businesses adopt using the service or how quickly people themselves decide to use the service interesting that's very cool that's 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 a lot of good stuff gary it's very new i think it's obviously going to be rolling out at some point and it's probably going to come and i think other countries it sounds like are also moving in that direction Mm -hmm. to a certain degree um do you have any final thoughts i have a few final thoughts but i want to leave you for last since you were our guest today uh well final thoughts is I, i i think like we've i've iterated before a lot of this is great so it's going to be interesting to see where it goes uh, I think a lot of people, when they think about digital currency, you think about like credits in a sci-fi movie and just having them right on your phone, which it could very well begin to look like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very gray, very interesting. 
hopefully they keep the credits green so we have some sort of semblance of the old world. Well, and it sounds like too that not to, I think, confuse the audience about this and you correct me if I'm wrong, is that this isn't really looking at it from when I when I hear digital currency, I think a lot of people now think of cryptocurrency, mm. right? Creating a new new uh, a new coin or a new wallet. This isn't really in that range. Now they may be using the mechanics that drive cryptocurrency, Correct. right? Which is considered a blockchain, mm -hmm. but it's not as if they're creating this new currency like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or what it may be. It's just taking that underlying technology and maybe applying it to our current system in some sort of way. Absolutely correct. Yes. Because uh, crypto in itself, the technology is is actually can be very useful mm -hmm. uh, from a security standpoint. Uh, but yeah, it would be using crypto in place of our paper. Gotcha. Oh man, everything's getting digitized. Yes, it I is. think Dan is getting stressed out listening to this. <laughs> I, listening to this podcast, I think he's sweating. Right, yeah. he's like, I do not want to. Just give me my dollars. <laughs> um, but overall, well, thank you, Gary, for uh, talking to us about this and the CB CBDC, central banking digital currency, and where we think we might be going. It was a great. It was. I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad we had the conversation. I enjoyed it too. Uh, I hope everybody and our audience enjoyed this as well. Um, if you have any questions, talk to Gary. Gary's our guy. He's the one that looked up the White House report on all of this and, yeah. and, and did some of the research. So uh, if you have questions, let us know. But overall, thank you so much for allowing us to talk about this and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Like and subscribe. Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security, on any specific broker-dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments, broker-dealer or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.